0: When Ryan when it's time to begin,
1: it's on the rewinder up with John Pollock and waiting. The 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's Rewinder up for Monday night, then a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewinder up for Monday night on USA now on. Hello and welcome to Rewind A Raw as the new week begins here at Post Wrestling. Welcome one, welcome all. Hello, way. Hey, John. How you doing? I'm doing swell. I'm doing well. Swell and well. Yeah. That's good to hear. I'm exaggerating a bit. It's been a... We're going through a a period that you will eventually go through. Um, When your child goes through the phase of... uh, absolute craziness that's that's what i'm going through right now she has a she's now made it her mission to wake up every morning at 5 a.m and as a long time listeners will know she's now out of a crib and in a bed so she can get out of her bed she can get out mm. of her room and it's just she's up and she's got to wake everyone up and it's chaos turns mm. lights on she's singing she's yelling she it's she wants to live doing this every day is um uh, just wow i'm at my uh i'm at my peak right now when it comes to uh what what i can can take mm-hmm. but uh anyway it's so it's part of the growth phase uh that's like did you you went through this with max too right no no this is oh, you this, did. this is a new thing for child number two he was a much more sound sleeper and when he woke up very much kept to himself um <laughs> did not inherit the same um calmness as her brother
0: so
2: right
0: yeah she's just um 5 a.m huh how how did she why like is it just her internal clock like what why do you think 5 a.m
1: i don't know i i really have no idea but she's just um like it's just crazy it's uh-huh. it's like the morning begins and she is just like the life of the party hmm. so anyway that's that's oh, yeah. all
0: so that's all. You, you all, gotta, that, all that to say is uh it, it's a bit uh I'm a bit tired uh, at this point Yeah. For, so that means after the at the end of the show you've got about maybe four hours.
1: You know go. what, you you take them where you can find them and uh and and you go from there. Um mm-hmm. how how about you? How is how is sleep going on your end?
0: Um it's it's like um so we're going through a bit of a transition too. We're we're transitioning Oscar from two naps to one. Oh uh, so but it's, it's been going pretty well. But I is think. is it a longer wake, period wake of time for the one nap? Well, it's, it's longer for the one nap and then it's also longer when he's awake. So um, mm-hmm. we like today was sort of like the first day where like um, my wife and I, would just kind of split the, the first shift and it's a lot more time to spend with him because he's like up for five hours and it's pretty exhausting just even, you know keeping this kid entertained or occupied you, you'll
1: cry when they outgrow that nap hold on to that nap as long as you can way.
0: right sure
1: when your wife is like i think it's time to stop just say, no no i, th- I think he still needs it. go for another month okay just yeah. squeeze as much nap time as you can okay it's
0: mm-hmm. it's your break oh yeah well his eventually nap nap, that's for sure
1: <laughs> okay that's it for us uh we're gonna be back with dynamite on wednesday and uh pay-per-views this weekend that's it that is a uh, dad pod with john and boy
0: i mean it tends to be
1: sometimes Well, we got to keep ourselves uh, entertained, but don't worry folks. We're going to talk about uh, um, Nando's and car Mm -hmm. pickups and everything that is the (laughs) oxygen that keeps the wrestling world going at just a ridiculous pace. We have lots of news to get into raw from Memphis and uh, you can throw in your super chats at the end. We will get to your questions and feedback, which is always welcome at forum.postwreston.com. I will forget this later. So I will mention it off the top that this Thursday, it's the long awaited return of the Ask Away mailbag show. We actually have not done a proper Ask Away since May, because in June, we did the Forbidden Poor, and that was alive. Ask away. So we I was looking back at the questions today and we have quite a lot of them. So this is not a plea for more. But if you would like to submit your questions, you're welcome to do so send them in by Tuesday at forum.postwrestling.com in the thread um, that that just has grown and grown and grown with post wrestling that that thread.
0: Yeah, we will try. Our, uh, we'll, we're very likely to get through all of them. So this will be a mammoth edition of Ask Away, I think. This month. So
1: get your questions in. And then all Post Wrestling Cafe members uh, will have that show coming out Thursday. And uh, it's, a, it's a busy, busy week. In addition to our normal shows, we have got Payback on Saturday, All Out on Sunday. Who is on this card to be determined? Uh, but we will be live uh, immediately after both shows on Saturday and Sunday night. You will get your fix of myself and
0: waiting. That's you correct. Do most weeks. By the end of yeah. it, you'll just be like, okay, <laughs> enough. Um, in addition to that, those of you who download this via audio podcast will get a bonus. You will get John Pollock's interview with Finn Balor from WrestleMania weekend attached to the to the end of this show.
1: Yeah. Um, it was from SummerSlam weekend. It's okay. It's okay. That's what I thought, I, I thought it was okay. I, was I didn't think okay it was interview. like the, the greatest was... interview ever. It wasn't awful, but it was okay. That's well, all I'm gonna say.
0: Four and a half minute interview. I thought you, you did pretty well. Don't tell yourself short. Well, you can uh,
1: check that out if you've got four and a half minutes. And if you've got uh, apparently 53 minutes, as uh, I believe is the length, um, sit back and check out my story on Terry Funk that is up on the site. Um, I won't lie, I, this one was pretty good. This is, this is a pretty good story. I, I was pretty happy with this by the end, and by the end of it, I still feel like it could have been longer. You there's still more like you could cover and I was just I had to finish this thing, but it was when I say I I have never had to spend so much time on on one written thing ever, ever like Mm -hmm. nothing has come close to this.
0: Oh, you can certainly tell, you know, with the amount of uh, work that you were telling me that that you were doing for research, the amount of people that helped you um, contribute to some of that research and just the incredible length of this. So I don't know if you want to maybe announce like, you know, what we might be trying to do with with this um, in audio. We're going to try and
1: put out an audio version of it this week, hopefully.
0: Yeah, that's right. So we're getting actually, you know, John, if he hasn't spent enough time with this material, he's going to sit down for for at least um a, a bit of time to be able to read it out because I was actually oh, just... Ma- Max
1: is going to read it, actually.
0: Oh, that would be wonderful. Is he already at at, um, at the level where, you know, um... we're already practicing my eye, my eye. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to try to get, uh, you know, a, an audio version of this up there as well on, on the podcast feed.
1: Okay, so look out for that uh, later on uh, this week, and uh, lots to come. Uh, we're going to start off um, with uh, the latest information we have got, and uh, TMZ has put out information regarding the passing of a Wyndham Rotunda, a.k.a. Uh, Bray Wyatt. Um, they got a hold of the police report, and I'm just going to read here from uh, TMZ and what their report was, that... Um, Cop spoke with Wyndham's immediate family who said he had COVID back in March 2023 and developed heart complications causing him to have a quote weak lower part of his heart. In fact, just a week before he died, Wyndham was hospitalized for a heart issue. He had a follow-up appointment with doctors the morning he died and was advised to continue to wear an external heart defibrillator, a device designed to treat people experiencing sudden cardiac arrest. Though it's not known if the device would have saved his life, investigators determined Wyndham was not wearing the dfib at the time of his death. They later located it inside his vehicle parked in the driveway. He was only 36 years of age, so a bit more information as it relates to him. On top of that, I mean, for all the the kind of whispers about a potential return, I mean, that's it sort of um, throws that. Um, fact out there that I mean, he was hospitalized a week before, which would seem to suggest that um, I I would not have imagined that uh, a return would have been as quick, although it was two weeks prior that you had heard um, his father mentioning, you know, at least giving Bill after that sort of optimistic uh, viewpoint. But I mean, this was, Mm -hmm. you know, a serious deal that he was uh, dealing with this this whole time um, on, on top of it
0: yeah i'm a lot more serious than i i mean you know we we had heard that it was going to be very serious but i mean this maybe even worse than you know we might have been able to imagine i honestly don't know like how he might have been able to come back to professional wrestling knowing um he was in danger of this really at, at all times uh really unfortunate um just all around you know especially with some of the details that were uh, in this report um which teams he obtained from i believe the police department um detailing just the circumstances of, of jojo finding him and uh and, and just you know yeah, he had taken a nap and when he
1: didn't answer his alarm that's when they went to check on him and, and found him last thursday
0: yeah 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 really heartbreaking so
1: anyway, again, our condolences to the, uh, the Rotunda family and they did continue the tributes on raw tonight that we'll get into, uh, more over. All right. I've done my best today to put together the notes and stories, uh, that we can at least have a kind of a, a pretty base understanding of what has gone on at all in as it concerns to one Phil Brooks and Jack Perry. So, um, there, there was reporting throughout the day, um, uh, I have heard some things and then there was reporting from a uh, House of Wrestling, uh, Pro Wrestling Torch from Wade Keller, Fightful, also uh, reporting different facts. And listen, whenever you have these kinds of stories, you are going to be getting different sides and you can watch the same event unfold and you can have very different interpretations. So for people out there that are just uh, looking at like the media side of it, OK, you're trying to get what are going to sometimes be very conflicting narratives and you are trying to parse what is consistent with other sources okay these are Mm -hmm. very tough stories to Mm -hmm. um report on and for those that are looking for just a clean dissection of who was right who was wrong i mean you're just kind of like that's that's just not how these stories uh work out and i'm certain like you are going to like I've heard from people that are very pro punk. I've heard from people that are anti punk. Like, there is just, there are, there are sides to all of this. There is, you know, Way and I were like discussing it um, on Sunday. The fact that, I mean, on its own, you could probably look at it and say, okay, the comment by Jack Perry should it have elicited this? And kind of my, my thinking was, well, it's the bigger picture. All it takes is something like that. And, and you know, it is going to cause something. It did. And, Again, it's going to be what sides you're, you're looking at.
0: Why would somebody poke the bear? But why would you also allow a bear loose? You know, in, and that's in a larger
1: years? issue. Yes. Mm. So from and again, these are mainly from from the outlets listed here. So it sounds like that the line happens with Jack Perry about the, the real glass. So go cry me a river. Um, they looked into the camera on during the spot with hook on the on the limo. And Punk was apparently waiting for him in the gorilla position and the, it does seem like there is the debate on who initiated what, but it does sound mm. like punk was there and his match was coming up next. And allegedly just said to Jack Perry, "Do you have something to say. And Perry told punk do something about it. And then from house of wrestling uh, punk shoved Perry and then Perry shoved them back and punk just put him in a chokehold to prevent the situation from escalating with no punches being thrown. That was one, one perspective. The torch said that there was a reference by Perry um, that punk side that the belief would be that Perry was most upset with the story that came out a number of weeks ago about the glass incident and the feeling that punk side put that out and it made him look bad, like he was trying to take this bump with glass so that he could get time off when, in fact, he did have a vacation scheduled and was already set to have time off, and just feeling that you know, punk side was was using this to make him look bad publicly. So um, all the reporting seemed consistent that Jack Perry was removed from Wembley stadium. Punk ultimately left the venue, but it's in dispute. Was he asked to leave or did he voluntarily leave? We, we have seen both sides of that. So that is left to interpretation. Um, the torch stated that punk was threatening to quit in the heat of the moment And it was concerning enough that they thought they might have to mix up the match order, because remember, this is happening in the time frame before that last zero hour and the biggest show in this company's history about to go live. So just think about the the tension that this must have uh, generated. And here we are uh, dealing with this minutes before going live with this show. So anyway they cooler heads prevail and i mean to his credit this guy comes out and he he wrestles what i thought was a really terrific match with samoa joe Mm -hmm. and didn't seem to be you know wasn't dogging it wasn't you know coming out with like a boo-boo face or any anything like he was you know that this was a, a weight on him um granted you're watching this without the knowledge of what's just happened but comes out works the match um the Torch has uh, cited a source close to management that believes that due to Perry initiating it, that he's to receive more of the blame here. But it's still unclear who initiated the the, the whole involvement. And then uh, so I, I have reached out to multiple officials at AEW. Um, I, I have not got anyone to um, comment on the record, um, but I have not I have not been able to confirm yet any punishments that have been. Uh, handed out Uh, Brian Alvarez had stated that there's a belief that both have been suspended while this investigation is ongoing we know there's some investigation because Tony Khan said as much and that would be consistent with the last time that they had to investigate after all out is that the central parties were sent home so that Mm. would be consistent I just can't confirm that yet that they have been suspended and certainly this of all weeks would be I mean that would certainly be um You know, the company, like, what are you to do here? Like, do you take action and be consistent with what you did, but to your own detriment by taking uh, the biggest star off of these Chicago dates that you have booked coming up two nights at the United Center? um, That's a really difficult position to be in. And it's it's so deep in the weeds at this point. And I know for many people, it's going to be, well, you're going to have many different reactions, but certainly there is the consistency that punk is the one that is the common thread in all of these different stories and what you are weighing is this happening i'm sure that tony khan was like can you imagine him having to go to that press conference and this is legitimately the greatest success of his professional life at least in professional wrestling and, and maybe in in business completely like this day mm-hmm was probably his proudest moment uh, mm-hmm. of what he gets to do. And he's got to open a press conference addressing this. Um, so you've got that on, on top of things here, but this is so important for them to get collision to be a big show. We've seen where the numbers are at at the moment after 10 weeks, they're averaging a point two, which I would say is at the acceptable level of where you would want it, but you don't want it to go down much further. And we're going into football season. It's, Punk has a, a lot of value and there are going to be a lot of people that are, that do see punk side in, in this whole thing that are going to look at, listen, yes, this guy is, he's got a a short fuse. Like that has been established. Does that give a guy the right to go out on television and just pretty much go into business for himself and get this line in and look at the fireworks it causes? I,
0: you mean the, the page sorry. peg warmer line? Sorry. It, and That would be, you know, or or Uh, where you talk about Jack. I was talking about Jack Perry. It's it's equally that
1: blame can go to Punk for the Mm -hmm. same thing that he went out and did nothing different. Now he has reportedly he did apologize for that, but regardless, he did that in front of an audience, and it's the same deal. It was the same, you know, the counterfeit bucks line. Yes, it gets a pop, and it's a cute line, and people are waiting for that line. Mm -hmm. But we're not we're not building a program there. We're not building jack perry and cm punk it's like these little things these little lines to you and i might be just innocuous they are anything but and look what has come out of this and and now we await i don't know if AEW comes out and if like you have to state what Punk's status is you can't leave people hanging this week and mm-hmm. potentially buying tickets when your number one star might not be on those shows yeah. and as of now they have not stated anything but this is one where you, you can't keep quiet and just no comment it all week like we need to know um and i would think by wednesday you would think like it has to be crystal clear um what, what's happening and yeah. it, it makes it you know a, a very a very complicated week uh for aw but this has been a whole complicated um, mess to try and balance this and run a business with stars and try to uh, navigate this this latest issue and this this to me was a really avoidable one but if it wasn't this it would probably be something else
0: i i would have said you know a year ago that incident was avoidable too you know and i think a lot of people would have as well um it's it's really just pretty incredible at this point that um a year in where you know again this problem um or at least these tensions seem to be just getting worse and worse uh, rather than you know the opposite and i um I, uh I, I you know it's... I, I don't have
1: a great answer it's not like <laughs> yeah, i sit here and just can state well listen if you just do this and this like i'm it, it's not as simple as just okay we just have to part ways here like there comes th- there's a big penalty for you to do that um mm-hmm. But this is sort of what you are going to have to navigate on the other end of it. And, you know, to to the side of a Jack Perry, like this is kind of what has been fostered now where here we are, like this guy, you know, in in his entire career, are we going to look back and call this the biggest match of Jungle Boy's uh, life? Maybe not, but the odds of him, like this is going to be among the biggest crowds he has ever wrestled in front of. And, mm-hmm. and it could end up, and like this was something that, was was a part of it that that he needed to get out and it sort of does tell you that those that are upset like there is not a hesitancy to use the television to get your point across and make a public um kind of okay. clap back
0: right and i wonder how where he would have learned that from
1: well and that goes it's certainly it's it's very difficult if you're a punk and wanting to position yourself as this leader. And there are definitely those that see him as a leader, but then when you go out and do the, the hangman thing, and that's the most recent, like how can you preach that leadership when you're the one going out there and and throwing the latest dagger at hangman page when we're trying to fight through all of this uh, drama and it just resurfaces. And yeah. when it goes from... An incident in the back, I will say non physical incidents in the back into verbally on television, it crosses a line and then when we're getting to physical altercations that is just a further escalate escalation of these
0: issues. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can see I mean there's there's really no excuse I would say for either party um getting in a physical altercation and I think appropriate punishment needs to be dealt out for everybody involved here um doesn't matter who started it in my opinion I think I mean you maybe you weigh it slightly differently if you do have some concrete evidence about you know this person shoving this person first whoever made physical contact first I think that crosses the line I will also say though you know, a 40 something year old man, I feel especially a guy who, you know, fancies himself a leader in the locker room should be doing everything in his power to not get in any confrontation to just let the situation cool off. Don't make eye contact with the guy who just said something about you on TV and you deal with it as a mature adult in the back afterwards with management present, especially knowing how sensitive things already are with your own, you know, reputation uh, in this company. Um I, I feel a lot more disappointed in the adult or the supposed senior member of the, of the staff in the room. Well, it's, again, these are issues that I feel are like there is, but it's not just punk. It's, it's the surrounding, like we've said, said it this entire time, it's, you know, what, what repercussions has he really faced, you know, from, from this environment, um, for previous aggressions, and you I mean, know. Punk
1: was suspended, but that also coincided with, with an injury a, as well.
0: And what did he come um, back to?
1: And he was brought back to a show that was built around him, and there's been a lot of compromises to his benefit. I mean, he has come back, and you, you're right; like he was not, um, at least from the outside looking in, like punished for any of this.
0: Beyond the fact, he was that- given a space where he. he he seemed willingly able like he see he seemed empowered to have these confrontations
1: in in some
0: respects yeah
1: right but i don't know what the answer is for this week like i i don't know if and the message is and again like this is one where are you judging this as an accumulation of all these issues that there is a root problem to attack or are we just going to address this one on its own? Because on its own, um, it, it's one where if if Punk was not the, the aggressor, it then does become your opportunity to uh, take an action, but not take this guy off of your shows this week. But inevitably, mm-hmm. like that is going to that is going to anger a segment of people here that are directly attached to this story. Yeah. yeah. I think if
0: you're a- Tony Khan, AEW at this point, I, I think you should be setting a, an example that regardless of whatever business like sort of, um I guess, um harm it may do, you have to put your foot down and you have to show that you don't stand for this. Um, this is a company that has run Chicago successfully in the past. I mean, all in the original one was in Schaumburg in the same arena that they're going to be running. Um They'll be fine. Okay, these won't probably like you know do incredible business, and yes, they will probably take a major hit, but the company will survive. I think that's it's more important to show your locker room right now that you mean, you know, you mean it when you say that no one is bigger than this company.
1: To play devil's advocate, if you take that stand, and and you're Tony Khan, and I'm CM Punk, and state that you if if you are suspending me over this action. Where this individual approached me and, and he struck first or he initiated this and put me into this unsafe working environment. I am not wrestling for this company uh, if you have put me in this position. And I will take legal mm-hmm. action. Okay. And you have lost this, uh, this, this talent. You have lost him.
0: I would have said this like I'm not the one to ask, John, because, yeah, like it's not my sort of like company. I'm not, you know, the one uh, trying to, you know, convince a TV network to pay me a lot of money for a TV show. But I would have said this after last year yet um you know tony khan sees things very differently so if there's a way like i mean i think you could can he use a c i I don't know what what honestly his his mind is thinking he clearly sees not just a lot of value in having punk on air but in having cm punk as a a leader and almost an executive producer of sorts you know for for this entire collision brand so maybe he's you know got a he he has a lot more sort of leniency as it relates to his actions i can't tell you um it's just from the outside looking in. I just, it's hard for me to really comprehend. All right,
1: we're not going to solve the, the the issue, but that's that's the latest. Um, I, I didn't include uh, so, some of the other stuff that that came out today about Punk's uh, travels and and such. Like to me, it's just you know you're obviously seeing like his side getting a lot of um, issues out on, on his end, like his through, through
0: House of Wrestling.
1: Uh, House of Wrestling reported, you know, like, just, like, travel issues and stuff. And to me, it's just,
0: I don't know. I, I don't know what you do with that. Um, to me, it's it, just... It, I mean, it comes across, a, like, petty. Um, and I don't think it endears Punk much to the general public to just bring up, like, a pretty, you know, silly, like, easy mistake like that. He didn't and it's get... just more
1: friction with the company yeah. you have to work with. Like, like he didn't get picked stuff. up,
0: so what? Like... You know, he took the subway. Like, that's not a big deal. Yeah. It's, uh, anyway. So, great ad for Nando's, though.
1: Um, you know, there, there have been some, some culinary
0: beneficiaries out mm-hmm. of these, these stories. Oh, my goodness. Ice cream bars, muffins, Nando's, you know, that seems to be the theme.
1: Uh, coming out of the press conference, uh, a couple of notes is the fact that, uh, Tony Khan. Um, he did note when Adam Cole came out, stated that, you know, Adam Cole came back because of how much he loved pro wrestling and that he had told him multiple times that if Cole could not resume his career, he was going to pay him every dime, uh, committed to him on his wrestling contract and, you know, marveling at this guy coming back and now headlining the show with MJF, uh, MJF. It was still, um, you know, it was Babyface MJF that still maintains like that heel edge in the press conferences, but. I mean, this guy really did come across as especially off the top, like this is the guy that wants to uh, be the leader of this company and wants to give a positive statement of, you know, obviously all of this stuff is fresh. And I'm even in that moment, I'm sure he's very in tune with what a lot of the discussion is and the fact that he is coming out and. openly acknowledging yes there are people that fight there is drama but at the end of the day we are the best performers in the world and we put on the best shows and i want to lead this group like it was quite like the the rallying speech here uh from mjf that more and more you see positioned as like the guy to lead this company
0: totally absolutely and wants that role oh yeah um i I guess um i mean it really feels like he's been you know fighting for and i think has been very ready for this spot for quite a while and um again it's just kind of unfortunate yet that you know 25 minutes of our discussion on the show did not start with this did not start with mjf and cole did not start with the success of AEW all in and you know i mean i i don't really blame ourselves john because this is one of the like it's more interesting it is news but like to me this this stuff
1: it does not overshadow what what
0: they did and that is the bigger story to all of this it shouldn't overshadow but it has it has for a lot of people especially on this day de- on this day you know when, when the news and headlines come out i mean it, for better or worse it's 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 the type of like s- silly gossip that like the world just seems to love especially as it relates to cm punk nonetheless like let's 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 drop it and, and let's talk about the rest well they uh, Khan Con continued to reiterate that the paid
1: number of 81,035, he guessed that there were several thousand comps or maybe not guessing would be the, the correct term, but several thousand comps. And he estimated around like 90,000 altogether inside the building. If you include hospitality staff, I don't know if it would be quite, if you're, if you're thinking like nine, eight, 9,000 uh, people extra. The point being though, that he legitimately could have announced the number plus comps and -hmm. on paper it's a more impressive number like you could add the comps and it's comps and paid is still not going the wwe route of like everybody in the stadium is counted and then some but instead they went and i thought this was very interesting the fact that they have attached themselves to the paid number that is going to be a harder number for wwe to number one dispute and number two to break just based on the stadiums, they run the configuration that like this year's WrestleMania at SoFi did uh, like both nights did like 63 and 64,000 roughly um, mm. paid per night. It's going to be a like, that is an incredible number that it's going to be, it's not like WWE can just snap their fingers and sell 81,000 tickets um, yeah. that they have, you know, and if, and AEW is opting to use that as sort of the the comparison it's not mm. the total number it's the paid number
0: i i think it's a very interesting sort of like um way of thinking you know no I,
1: other promoter would i don't think w- would do that and mm. not just include like the what is the highest number we can get away with is the typical um thought mm. process and it's not shady at all to just announce the number like including comps like that is common practice
0: right right um i think a lot of this co- goes to towards like i think tony khan being you know a, a, sort of like a a, a long wrestling fan who is very much aware of the the online discussion and maybe constant like pointing out of the bullshit of you know these wwe numbers and him wanting to not at all play the game and be able to say we have something that is concrete that is legitimate and that we you know we don't have to bullshit you to tell you that we did better than you. Um, I think it just maybe adds to maybe the the idea that AEW, you know, it, or at least his communications to the public are a bit more honest and a bit more authentic and that these are legitimate numbers and they're not, not trying to just exaggerate. Um, and, you know, like people like us, I think, you know, feel a, a little bit more comfortable um, maybe trusting future attendance um, announcements.
1: Uh, on on the mjf front maybe the most interesting thing he did note is like he he referred to him going on vacation now coming off of this show which i guess we will see on wednesday but that's that's another curveball that the chicago shows might be
0: without what well, could be a two-day vacation it could be a three-day vacation who knows you know what how much time he wants to take i mean i, I believe he went to paris so it's a short distance um yeah the,
1: um Maybe MJF's trip to Paris is going to be this year's Moxie Gloves
0: fishing. <laughs> yeah, maybe. He might be called in uh, from that vacation a little bit earlier. So coming up, uh, Tony Khan announced that they have
1: two nights in Seattle. They will do collision on Saturday, September 30th. And then they are doing a Wrestle Dream pay-per-view on Sunday, October 1st, which coincides with the anniversary of Antonio Noki's passing. And they'll take place at the Climate Pledge Arena. So we are going to get um following all in it's all out this sunday grand slam is on wednesday september 20th and then a week and a half later is the next pay-per-view on october the 1st which obviously they expect to have new japan participation given the Anoki tribute that this show will be
0: right but um i was uh listening to semper vivi today he pointed out how new japan was running a show on the same day New Japan has – well,
1: it's it's right in the middle of their Road to Destruction tour, so I think at best it would be – it's not going to be like a full-out New Japan show, but they would be, I guess, hopeful that they could get some talent uh, available. But it's just – I believe – yeah, it's a road to show that they have. They, they, they're running uh, Korraki and Hall back-to-back nights on those shows, and they do have the lineups out, so I, I don't see them just
0: – Picking yeah, so I, I could I could look it up right now and just tell you who's on the October 1st New Japan Pro Wrestling Show. A lot. I mean, it's a ton of multitask. It's pretty much the f- like the the full roster, or at least, you know, very close to it. Um a lot of um well, okay. Um a lot of New Japan strong guys too. So I mean I thought like the US um sort of a uh, contingent would be available, but um, you know, evil, I don't think is gonna make it. Sonata not gonna make it. I'm very sorry, Eric Marcotte. Um Kazuchika Okada, Tetsuya Naito, Hiromu Takahashi, Leo Rush is on this show, uh, just to kind of show you, you know, the U.S. side of things, too. Minoru Suzuki, uh, Shota Umino, Narita, Yuji Nagata is not going to be there for the uh, um, Inoki Tribute, Uh, Shingo, Yodasuji, Hiroshi Tanahashi. I mean, this is pretty much a full roster, Tomahiro Ishii, so I'm curious to know exactly what new Japan roster members will be available for this. It's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't.
1: Uh, it would it would be very uncharacteristic of New Japan to uh, uh deviate from advertised matches uh, for for something like that. But mm. w- what do you think overall, just about the expansion of pay per views for the company? Like, they certainly feel very aggressive t- going towards it. Like for for all we want to say about All Out, and we don't really know what this card is going to be until at least Wednesday, is the fact that I mean they have uh, the latest ticket figure from WrestleTix is over ninety one hundred. They are actually ahead of last year's number for all out so i mean Mm -hmm. it's it's it hasn't sold out the united center but i mean at least for sunday that's it's a strong number for them um the other two chicago shows not as much
0: right um clearly he feels you know um like pay-per-views are doing well enough and are profitable enough for for the company that they're worth doing even if they're not necessarily like major sellouts at at these venues um i i obviously don't much know much about the internals of of, you know the the, like the 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 business of of how he runs his shows but you know does a show have to sell out to be profitable
1: well i think we're all like with these shows and depending on sunday like what they draw sunday on pay-per-view kind of tells me like what a baseline is going to be for AEW and I think it's going to be a lot higher than people think mm-hmm. um but that's also we don't know what the card is and what they have up their sleeve to announce yeah presumably <sighs> Wednesday if not earlier
0: there's also I think you know maybe continued speculation about what um future uh, streaming deals might be available for them and I think building these sort of like you know a reputation for having a monthly pay-per-view schedule I mean essentially just gives them something else that they could sell yeah, well, th- these
1: are a lot like that Arthur Ashe Stadium show needs, you know, that can't just be another um, mm-hmm. week of TV either. Like there's a there's a lot that they have uh, booked. And now you had this October 1st pay-per-view and then uh, November, they will do full gear in at the Kia Forum. This had previously been reported. That'll be on Saturday, November 18th. So that's the answer. They're going to do a Saturday night to avoid the NFL on Sunday. And that means for that week, collision will be on the Friday night. And I'm assuming you're just going to have a three hour block on
0: TNT with Rampage after mm-hmm. it. Um, we we don't know the time yet, but we would, if Rampage is still going to be a part of it, like we would assume either an 8 p.m. start or a 9 p.m. start, right? Like I would think, eight, I would think
1: like you try to keep Collision in its normal eight to 10 slot and Rampage 10 mm-hmm. to 11.
0: So we get our first head to head we collision would have
1: yeah you're right we would have collision head-to-head with smackdown that night mm-hmm. so that is uh the uh the plan for uh pay-per-views for the rest and beyond that i mean it was um you know uh th- there were some good questions asked just about overall their their business and uh, streaming options obviously they you know tony Khan has stated in other interviews they want to be on max and uh, that that was brought up and he really touted the success of the company in the uk and numbers being up uh of course they are on a stronger network than wwe in the uk um but there was there was a lot to pat themselves on the back for coming off this this show at wembley and now planning for next year's show and it was asked about the idea of bringing your TVs over. And this year, the thinking was they wanted their first show to be Wembley Uh, next year. It's not like you're doing the first show. And I would think at the very least do collision in London or yeah, I, I think like there will be, I do see this as like a tourist destination next year for all in and piggyback it. Like you saw what Rev Pro did and you do a big collision the night before with all of these wrestling fans in town. I I think at the least you would want to do collision.
0: Right. Um, You know, I understood it. I mean, they do it in in North America because they're running the same buildings, right? Like they like in Toronto, for instance. You you had collision at the the Scotiabank Arena because you didn't have to change setup for um you know Forbidden Door the next day. When you're running Wembley, though, um, that poses maybe a different challenge. You know, you're you're setting up another building, booking another building, doing all that transportation just to run collision, and then moving everything over, or at least you know having two separate crews or two separate like you know setups for for Wembley the next day but if you could draw say in a collision here in the US like
1: like last week in Duluth what what Duluth did like Mm. five or six thousand people how many
0: more are you drawing in in London sure yeah I mean if it makes business sense that they're confident enough that their collision will be that much more profitable profitable than then it would make sense yeah but yeah I, I I don't know what what sort of like costs are involved with something like that um but I could definitely see them doing it
1: all right, John Cena. So we knew he was coming back for SmackDown this Friday in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and is doing the India show the week, uh, the next week with uh, it'll be him and Seth Rollins against Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser. And they have since stated that John Cena will then be on the next seven weeks of SmackDown after the India show. So he will be on SmackDown every week through October the 27th. And that tells you that, I mean, this would be a time that if, if Roman Reigns has a bit of a break, this is certainly a great stopgap to have on SmackDown every Friday night. He, in, in the appearances that they have listed, and I would have to think he's doing some wrestling over the course of two months here and because strict appearances would probably run its course after a couple weeks, but he's not listed for the pay-per-view uh which is october the 7th but uh that is the listing there for all of the dates over the next 2 months so there will be a lot of john cena and um yeah clearly he heard us uh talking about like uh man the uh the actor's strike is there is there any issues and <laughs> dude No issues on on their part, I guess. Once
0: you've broken the seal, I guess, you know, it's whatever. I'm sure he's had approval from SAG or probably doesn't even need it because I don't think he's the only wrestler who's appeared on TV that has a, you know. It it becomes really
1: interesting because during this stretch, he does have a movie coming out. Mm -hmm. And, like, if they are actively promoting this movie, like, that, Mm -hmm. it gets into very weird territory of... Um, you know, somebody that is not some unknown actor, like this is yep. a guy that, you know, he's in a lot of big stuff and he's, and, and again, like Brian Gowartz did an interview not all that long ago and stated like, as such, like he would not expect Dwayne Johnson to be doing WWE during this strike. Like mm. he, he's not forbidden from doing it, but it's just, it's, it's a bad look. And I just wonder, yeah. especially if they, you know, just are subtly or even not so subtly like plugging his stuff. It's like, this is. This is all stuff that is not supposed to be going down, but may, maybe maybe there will be absolutely no mention.
0: Curious to see if, you know, outside of the wrestling world and sort of like the Hollywood uh, press, like you might get any sort of um, criticism for, for John Cena. I'm kind of doubtful just because I feel I've like I've seen he's, nothing. Yeah. He's so known as a professional wrestler. I think, still, you know, first and foremost, an actor, second, that people would just see the, him like, you know, basically going back to like i don't know like his his pseudo sport um but i'm very curious to see if they mention any of his upcoming projects or if they are will specifically stay away from that on commentary and, and what else
1: Impact had a show on Sunday night and they're doing back-to-back nights. They did tapings tonight in Toronto at the Rebel Entertainment Complex. Uh, we have a story up. Uh, Jack Winnon was there uh, on site in Toronto. He has a, a great report up on emergence and what went down. Uh, but the key news coming out of the show is that Bound for Glory on October the 21st in Chicago will feature Will Ospreay in his first match in TNA since 2016 uh, when he did a series of matches. This was before he went to New Japan so a completely different will osprey that is coming back all these years later so that's a that's a that's a great get for uh for impact wrestling very much so i mean it, maybe uh, this is who uh uh tony Khan is hoping for the Anoki show
0: uh okay you're right I, I i i actually don't know if i saw his name on on that particular show so that that's uh, uh what what's the date for this what's the date for this bound for glory october 21st Okay, yes. in chicago yeah interesting yeah hmm. so that's
1: uh that's a big get for them, and then um smackdown and rampage numbers, so on On Friday night, we had the the big tribute show, and it ended up being a gigantic number uh, that they did. As I uh, pull these numbers up, it was the most watched episode of Smackdown since that uh, that legendary Christmas Day 2020 show that followed the NFL. They this week, they had two million six hundred and forty seven thousand viewers, a point seven eight. They had over a million viewers in the 18 to 49 demo as the average uh, Mm. throughout the two hours. I mean, every everything was up. Uh, gigantic from the week prior, and if you discount that Christmas Day show, it was the most watched SmackDown uh, in both viewers and the demo since February of 2020. So, um, mm. uh, un- unfortunate circumstances, but you know you yeah. did have a large amount of people uh, tuning in for the show. Rampage uh, fell 16 percent in viewership to 348,000 and fell 18 percent to a 0.11. In the demo, they were down uh, 19% in 18 to 34, and a 22% among men 18 to 49. And the one the one area they did increase was women 18 to 34. So it was the men that, that dragged down that demo. But women 18 to 34, uh, they tuned in either for Orange Cassidy and Aaron Solo, or the main event with Hikaru Shida and Britt Baker losing to Soraya and Tony Storm. Little did they know this would be our final outcast match it would seem coming off of the angle or we'll or see. is it we'll see we don't know we will find out indeed and then the last bit of news is our lineups for the next two nights well we know what's happening on nxt we know very little for dynamite nxt has the start of the global heritage invitational with opening round matches between butch and charlie dempsey will he be butch or will he be will Will his uh heritage be promoted <laughs> butch done, maybe butch done. <laughs> <laughs> Dunn Butch. <laughs> no. Pete Butch. Butch and Charlie Dempsey. That's our first round match. Then Joe Coffey and Nathan Fraser. Um, And then non-tournament match. Dijak against Eddie Thorpe. Uh, there will be a four-way women's match to determine the number one contender for tiffany stratton who was advertised and in person at raw with kiana james roxanne perez blair davenport and gigi dolan and opening up the show will be the steel cage match between the dyad and the creeds and as of now we have one match announced for hoffman estates at the now arena on wednesday night for dynamite orange cassidy against penta the winner
0: defends the international title against john moxley at all out okay um and we'll see what other matches get announced because I imagine I have to mention you, you'll get a full full card on this. After I this would Wednesday, be stunned if you know? did not. Um,
1: yeah. And we will see, like if whatever involvement or non-involvement, I think everyone is going to be curious to see what the the status is of of Punk and and if not, like what how do you reorganize uh, th- this card? Um, so that mm-hmm. is all to be determined. All right, you can go to postwrestling.com to catch all of the latest news. And now we. Dive into Raw. From the FedEx Forum in Memphis, Tennessee, and not shown on television, but during one of the commercial breaks, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn brought out Jerry Lawler to a gigantic reaction, and they posted it online uh, for the segment. This would be his first appearance at a WWE event since his stroke back in February, and uh, he came out. You'd seen he's he's grown out a bit of a beard, uh, but just an enormous reaction that he received in Memphis.
0: A little curious that they wouldn't do this on TV, and you know... I wonder if, if that possibly could have been by request from, from Jerry or or maybe, I don't know, maybe they had a full show and just didn't have time to fit it in.
1: It's it, it's hard to say. I don't know what maybe there yeah. were extenuating factors, whether it was, you know, by, by here's the request or if, you know, for this segment. But it was honestly, it was like the uh, probably the the moment of the night for everyone in that building
0: absolutely yeah so uh
1: you can go watch that uh we we did uh it on the site if you want to go watch the video and then they started off with a graphic for terry funk and bray wyatt and later in the show they also aired a quick video on bob barker who we didn't discuss who passed away the age Mm -hmm. of 99 who did that incredible guest host spot on raw back in 2009 and man what a what a life for to bob barker to make it to 99 yeah,
0: and when did he stop doing that show? I feel like it wasn't even that long ago.
1: Uh, I don't know what the year was, but yeah, it wasn't all that uh, long ago.
0: Uh, last episode was very well Okay, True, was, Drew Carey's been doing it for a bit. Yeah, his last episode. Oh man, I just have the name of the episode. Uh, I'll I'll look this up. Don't worry. Well, the show opened with Sami Zayn and Damian Priest, and two thousand
1: and seven. Okay, oh seven, so a while ago. You know, once uh once he once he hit the you know. Once you pass 80, that's when you start to, you know, wind things down.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: They announced Zane and Owens will defend the tag titles against Balor and Priest at Payback. Mm-hmm. Balor and Payback, or Balor and Priest, rather, going through that extensive gauntlet uh, tournament to determine the number one contenders. And uh, going through the whole division, and they came out on top to earn these titles, this title shot.
0: Man, I could have sworn, like, it was, your, like, months ago where they might've already earned this and just never took advantage of it, but whatever. They're the most popular team. That's all you need.
1: They had a nice match here. There was a split leg and moonsault to the floor by Zane, and then he was caught uh, with a pescato and dropped onto the desk. Uh, comes back after the break. Topic on hero, blue thunder bomb, good reaction from the crowd. And then as he sets up for the haluva kick, after avoiding the razor's edge, JD McDonough yanks him by the leg and leads to South of heaven in 11 minutes, 43 seconds. JD raises Damien's arm, who shoves JD away, tells him to get out of his business and leaves and watches on as Owens and Zayn beat the hell out of McDonough who takes a stunner and the Huluva kick. And this was all we saw of JD McDonough uh, on, on the show. So he's mm-hmm. just help helps Damien get the win, but is not thanked. For his efforts.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, he continues to be a pretty, you know, um, he's the sort of like driver of tension between Balor and priest at the moment. And I, I think, you know, they're just kind of keeping this alive. I wouldn't say tonight really advanced story that much here. Um, I do think, though, J.D. Is, is being portrayed as an effective disruptor. He's a guy who can get involved in the matches and may, be a difference maker um, for the outcome of a tag team match. But he's really not shown to be any sort of physical threat, you know, at least not in a one-on-one situation. Certainly tonight he got laid out by Owens and Zayn just as a way to kind of make Owens and Zayn save face. So he's being portrayed as maybe a smart guy, but not necessarily a, a, a physically intimidating guy.
1: I would think he's going to be the key in the finish for the tag team match on Saturday sure yeah either helps them or screws it up and is further infuriates damian priest drew is with akira tozawa who looks at a photo of drew and tells him he looks great and that was also the only akira tozawa we saw on the show shocking riddle walks in and the photo it's an 8 by 10 of drew in the bro trunks And Riddle suggests that they get matching kilts since they're a team and they're going to go out and scout the new day against Viking Raiders. And Drew continues to reluctantly go along. And that was that video aired for Rhea Ripley and Raquel Rodriguez going over their history. And then the Miz comes out as LA Miz. And he comes out dressed as LA Knight and does. How did you think he, his LA Knight voice uh, was projected? That was pretty, pretty damn great. Let me talk to you. Yeah. And then mocks the, the wannabe tough guy, fake bass voice and says how I start flubbing my words whenever I'm in the ring with the Miz. Yeah. I mean, what? Yeah. I mean, what? And he just keeps going back and forth. He was pretty entertaining here. And then he has a bag of free t shirts, and the whole crowd's going nuts. He's going to throw one, but then he just throws it to the floor and says that all of you people are pathetic. You'll cheer anything. Your support means nothing. Anyone can be LA Knight. He's generic, he's vanilla. I don't do catchphrases. When I say I'm awesome, that's a fact, not a catchphrase. And he's going to expose LA Knight at payback. And then when it's done, you'll cheer his catchphrases and free shirts, but you're not going to cheer a loser. And that's what LA Knight will be after Saturday. A pretty great promo here uh, from The Miz. And man, they just, uh, for, for a guy that has gotten over so organically, they are really going out of their way to just like systematically like attack this character as like this this caricature that it's just
0: easy heat and that's that's it uh you mean like saying he's a ripoff of the rock and it's just like this whole
1: thing is just like there's nothing special about this guy like it's
0: all just yeah i mean he it's the miz and he's a heel and he's involved in a feud i mean i i just really kind of take it as like him finding you know what's the common criticism of an la knight and really exaggerating it and i think doing a great job of it but i do kind of get what you're saying in that i think the Miz has been so good in this feud tonight i thought especially not only did you get a great you know Miz impression that reminded i think a lot of people of um, when he did that rock impression when he's done john cena impressions in the past but you also got a killer go home promo from him at the end here he's done such a good job that um He's almost overshadowing L.A. Night. And that's only to me because I think the audience, no matter what, is still going to be behind L.A. Night in a very big way on um, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. But on Friday, I think L.A. Night has to come strong with some very good material, you know, to counter because Miz has been delivering really strong stuff.
1: The New Day and Viking Raiders. Uh, We have Drew and Riddle at ringside. And this was a long match. Longer than you would think for these two teams. They went 17 minutes. And eventually Kofi gets the tag. And Ivar uh, delivers a huge avalanche. And the crowd is cheering on Kofi. Ivar misses with a seated splash. So Woods is in. And... Eric comes in, takes the honor roll. Eric hits a full Nelson backbreaker. And then a sliding flatliner is delivered to Ivar. And Kofi, before he slips, before he recovers to hit a splash, and then takes a snake eyes on the steps. And Ivar lifts Kingston and just throws him onto Drew McIntyre and Riddle, who who are seated on the floor. So Drew picks up these office chairs, and he launches one into the ring. The next one, he goes to throw at Eric, misses And hits Xavier Woods. It was not a good night for partners and chairs that inadvertently struck them. So Woods is down via office chair. And then they double-team Kingston and hit Ragnarok. 17 minutes, 9 seconds. And then Drew and Riddle stand in the center as Kingston is checking on Woods. And Drew goes to check on him as well and apologizes. But a lengthy match that they had.
0: Yeah, um... I mean, I would say it it was of the quality I think you'd expect from these two teams of very good wrestlers. But, man, I just found – I find the two teams very uninteresting. Uh, The Viking Raiders – you know, my thoughts, of you know, that have been pretty consistent over the past four years now that they've been on this roster. Um, and, But the New Day, too, you know, neither team, I, I think, in terms of uh, personalities are really that have anything uh, uh, going on. Um, And this really was just kind of a, a way to seems seems like, you know, to set up a three way program involving. Are we calling them McRiddle now at this point? No, I'm not. OK, well. Um, I think Matt Riddle at least is because they said that on his notes, he was taken. He he labeled them McRiddle Riddle notes. So um, just a bunch of standard WWE stuff to set up a three way. And uh, we'll find out who our next tech team title challengers might be out of this crop.
1: Judgment day are in the back. Balor and priest are arguing. They've got to get on the same page this Saturday. And Rhea chimes in and says that she is sick of her and Dom being the only one taking care of judgment day business. And now people are targeting me because they think I'm distracted with everything that's going on with you and you better win when it matters this Saturday or else there's going to be some changes around here. Mm -hmm. Putting her
0: foot down. The one, (laughs) the one adult in the room. Um, Yeah. I'll, I'll say no more.
1: Then they aired the video for Bray Wyatt that they uh, they ran on SmackDown and then played his theme inside the arena with the lights down and the spotlight on the rocking chair. Outside of the trainer's room, Kofi comes out and tells Riddle and Drew that Kofi is not doing well, but knows that Drew didn't do it on purpose. That's not your style to take cheap shots. And Drew says he's going to take care of this Vikings Raiders situation next week and beat their asses. And he's going to talk to Adam Pierce to make sure he doesn't need to tag in which does play off of last week when he was stuck on the apron for so long with riddle Mm. and he's not going to just be caught there and not part of the match. So Kofi asks riddle, what did he mean by not tagging in? And riddle didn't even care. He just heard the word we, and is just over the moon that drew wants to team with him.
0: Uh, They continue to be a good job of, you know, slowly building to the team up between the two again, like riddle, his most successful, I would say only successful sort of like role is playing the, the, the very, the guy who desperately wants to tag with the very serious professional wrestler. And I think they're hitting on some of that same, you know, team bro magic. Imperium came out.
1: Gunther, who is quickly becoming my favorite, like promo guy. He stands on the desk like he does every week now and said, Gable made history last week by being the first man to beat him in more than 500 days by count in a title match in reality he's won nothing because i'm still intercontinental champion they're booing and chad gable you have achieved one thing pissing me off and now gable has his attention his focus and you are going to get a title match next week on raw the last step before i set the new record and we did not get wayne ferris in memphis but we did get hmm. a great promo here from from gunta
0: I'm disappointed we didn't get Honky Tonk Man. Oh, well, imagine him and Lawler coming out together. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah. Where where's that Vince McMahon?
1: You know, he did some interview. He said, "Yeah, I think they're shortchanging me a
0: day." <laughs> <laughs> that should be his that would have been the promo. Oh, you know? <laughs> i had many interactions
1: over day. the years with one Wayne Ferris, a, a true character in this industry. So unfortunately he is uh well, maybe, maybe it should be next week that he shows up guitar shot.
0: Okay.
1: I'm
0: running from honky Talk man. A
1: walk-in by honky. Oh man. So Alpha Academy cut him off and Gable just cuts the promo. He was the first person to beat him since he came up to the main roster officially designated. This is the main roster. And he's going to beat him next week. Uh, but tonight he's going to cut up Captain Kaiser Memphis style. And Memphis style meant that Chad Gable and Ludwig Kaiser, could you have imagined this six months ago, got 18-plus minutes on TV.
0: I couldn't – could not imagine it. That is a long time. Wow, I'm almost shocked at some of these links. I mean, they were. to tell you? Dude,
1: we had five matches on this show, and they went – I mean, we, we got – and then there was the false Count Anywhere, and that was – That was over 16. Like, we had three matches that were, uh, like, 17+. plus.
0: So, I mean, I personally said, like, a lack of depth of star power on this show. No Cody tonight? But but outside of Cody, were we really missing too many people? I guess missing in-ring performances from, you know, your sets and... Yeah, you um, didn't have Owens wrestling on the show. So,
1: yeah, it it was definitely, like, a a smaller um, match amount, but... Everyone got time here, so eighteen minutes here. uh Gable dives for the ankle lock it, it was they had a really good match here, I thought up until the end. Kaiser fights him off. there's a monkey flip onto Kaiser, and then Kaiser drills Gable, sends him to the floor, running European uppercut. We come back. Gable's delivering belly to bellies, they're trading strikes, dragon screw by Gable, and then a pK from Kaiser and a rolling dVD gable then goes to the top he's busted his mouth open lands on his feet from the moonsault and a running cross body sends both to the floor and gable hits the orihara moonsault onto both kaiser and vinci and applies the ankle lock back in the ring goes for the chaos theory when giovanni vinci runs in for the dq at 18 minutes and 20 seconds and i was like are you kidding me that the week before this title match this dude cannot go over ludwig kaiser Mm-hmm. After eighteen minutes, I couldn't believe that this was the ending we needed to have um sometimes I mean Chad Gable, I don't think anybody is believing in this role, but I think like this this guy by very definition is your setup guy, and we had we had to do this
0: dq finish, yeah, agreed though I will say like if you watch the match like you it, he was winning it he was you know um dominating it, and I think in the fans' eyes might have achieved enough to you know have him come out of this looking incredibly strong um stronger than he did going in perhaps but maybe it tells you how much they see in kaiser i guess so captain kaiser They they continue to be pushing the whole maxine kaiser thing beyond
1: they continued that throughout the match and the look she was giving him and otis then attacks vinci it's a two-on-one battle when gunther returns and he goes for a power bomb but gable counters it to get him into the ankle lock as imperium starts stomping and gunther just shoves both men away and power bombs gable and holds up the belt and that's our match for next week
0: mm-hmm you know um i thought this might have been on payback um instead they're they're keeping all of like this this trilogy essentially you know including the beat the clock challenge all confined to television and um i think it's it's fine you know it's a bit closer to the record-breaking day like legitimately it does seem like it might be the last appearance because it'll be like what wednesday or no, something it's
1: uh, he will tie it next friday and then breaks
0: it saturday oh it's friday okay so yeah. there is actually a chance for him to have another match on smackdown
1: i guess you could do something on smackdown if you wanted to talky
0: talk but- man clearly you know saving him for for, for that friday yeah um I think they they've been doing a great job of making Gable serious, and yeah, even if he doesn't win the IC title, um, he hopefully comes out of this, you know, a renewed threat in whatever division that they want to place him in.
1: Seth Rollins came out and gave a
0: yowie wowie as a uh, tribute to Bray. He also, um, for his uh, championship belt, had uh, one of the Fiend's plates on the side. Oh, I did not notice that.
1: Yeah. Um, So he had that as well. Tons of guys with like the armbands throughout the show. Mm -hmm. He says it's been a long week. He's going to keep this short and addresses Nakamura to Shinsuke your way down to the ring and say what you have to to my face. And if not, maybe I'll go off to Beale Street and you can sing my song. And instead of Nakamura Shinsukeing his way down, he gave us part part two of the Shinsuke Chronicles. More subtitles. He doesn't want to simply beat Rollins. He wants to dismantle him. And this is all over intense training footage as Nakamura is doing uh kickboxing, jujitsu training for this man's spine. He, and,
0: he might bring out nunchucks. It looks like for this uh, Seth Rollins title match. It could be. He wants A to sword. be the
1: reason that she has to help him out of bed. And he's going to be the reason that you won't be able to walk your daughter down the aisle on her wedding day. And he's going to break him because he can be broke. His body has betrayed him. He knows this and says, I am going to destroy his back and put him out of his misery because he has no future. It's mm-hmm. taken them all these years, but I'm so happy we've arrived here. If if they put the title on this guy, there will not be an ounce of complaint from me. At the very least, I, I will totally accept some screwy finish in this because this has the gas to get to what's the next pay-per-view
0: fast. Agreed. Line. Yes. Agreed. You're and right. It's
1: again, it's again, my reason that I think this cage match ends the show on, on Saturday as the mm. blow off feud, because this one could be your non-finish or something. Hold on a second. You, you, you think Becky and Trish? Yes. It's, it's one of these oh, two man. matches. Like there's nothing else that could close the show
0: in my opinion. It's hard for me to see Becky and Trish closing. It's um, the
1: end of the feud. That's been months and months,
0: but it's not a hot feud. I wouldn't classify it as.
1: Well, I'm just saying, if Rollins and Nakamura is designed to be like a non finish or something unsatisfying, I could see why they don't want to end the show with this. And I I can't imagine anything else closing the show like LA Knight
0: and Miz, the tag Um, titles. I think it would be this match. The Grayson Waller effect. (laughs) Well, if there's a big angle, yeah. Maybe, Maybe, maybe Cody will sing possible uh they've done such a great job with nakamura you know it's it probably has been the best he's been portrayed on the main roster up until this point and, and it's because we even find-
1: with nxt the only nxt portion that was better than this was the entrance in dallas for yeah. takeover other than that th- these videos has been better than anything he has done in wwe they have we- been masterful i think he is so reinvigorated here i wish like this was happening years ago but i mean this This is easily a two-month program.
0: It would have never happened under Vince. He clearly um, doesn't have subtitles turned on whenever he watches Netflix. You know, he he just doesn't have time for that stuff. Um, I'm so glad that, you know, at least now we, we have this. Now I'm really curious to see after the Seth program if he's, you know, Nakamura, if it's a one and done or even beyond like whenever this is supposed to be. How will they keep this up? You know, because I don't think like this is professional wrestling. You do need need a live component, and it's it's not possible for you to like constantly rely on subtitles to you know have every single one of these this, this guy's promos. Um, so so how much can they use it? Can they possibly overuse it if you know it's too much of a of a gimmick?
1: I mean, if they wanted to go further with him, like there's always the option of of a mouthpiece that yeah. you could uh,
0: attach to him mm. with um agreed and you've already established now like the best thing about this entire you know three weeks is that we finally get a sense of the sick mind that is within you know this heel shinsuke nakamura somebody who will target um a secret you know um um injury that you don't want exposed to the world somebody who will prevent you from walking your daughter down on her uh down the aisle on her wedding day this daughter who's like what two three years old (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah uh, lovely lines you know whoever came up with these um you know who's been helping write write these are he's come up with with these uh excellent just like characterization of shinsuke nakamura and we actually at least have a character right now that yeah you're right maybe they can run with with a mouthpiece or who, whomever and then we got like a very serious response from rollins who
1: was not impressed with the great shinsuke nakamura coming back with a video package he wants to hear from the legendary Nakamura. What happened to the Nakamura who headlined the Tokyo Dome? What happened to the Nakamura I used to watch on Ustream? Huh? <laughs> what about that Nakamura? Who lit the world on fire when he came to NXT. And he says, A month ago, I would have given you the shirt off my back. The same back that's broken in two places. And a, but a broken back that didn't stop me from winning the world title. And won't stop me from beating your ass on Saturday. I will pummel and maul you and not stop until someone pulls me off and he says that you will never take anything from me not my title not my future and not my family and with that nakamura shows up from behind and knees him in the back and puts rollins out as he whispers in his ear uh, and kicks him in the face and that puts rollins out i mean he whispers
0: i told you to watch your back
1: great this was a great segment they have pretty much had two weeks to really dial this in and i think they've done as good a job as they could ask for i'm not saying this program is going to like uh you know ignite uh some some giant stream of a viewership this saturday but man Mm -hmm. i think they've done a really good job
0: well just considering where nakamura was you know having these sort of like I don't know, it felt like he was doing shit with like Bronson Reed and like Tommaso Ciampa and really not involved in anything of of significance at all to, to being escalated to the point where we're getting this excited. I'm more even beyond like the rehabbing of Nakamura. I'm excited for what it means for the future of like pre-produced videos in the WWE um, because they've proven to be very effective in many cases. We were already talking about Shayna and Ronda and how much that video work elevated our interest heading into you know that particular event um i thought tonight they did a great job with um raquel gonzalez and you know the shinsuke nakamura especially for the talent that doesn't necessarily cut great promos in english i mean it's a lifeline you know for somebody like an eos guy
1: your production it's it's probably the most taken for granted aspect of of wwe that it's just always assumed that it's just this incredible tool at Mm -hmm. your disposal and this is just another example but the ronda shana videos were another one like that what what they took and what they got out of that zane and owens uh they're as sick of this judgment day feud as everybody else they state that it ends this saturday in a steel city street fight and kevin owens tells us crazy things happen in pittsburgh in fact i was once thrown off the top of a cage through an announcer's desk in pittsburgh i'll take his word that this happened but I seem to remember another individual falling off a cage in Pittsburgh through an announcer's desk.
0: Uh, Right. Yes. Well, it did happen to Owens. Um. Wait. Wasn't his his spot was uh was it Mania? Wasn't it Mania? One of the Manias being thrown off a cage. Yeah. Didn't he? Uh. Did he do that? Um. Fall off. Wait. What am I thinking about? Kevin Owens. You're thinking of uh... Shane. Him and Shane did the uh, uh that that was on Pittsburgh,
1: I don't think. Yeah, sorry. What am I thinking of? Like uh, Owen. That was Shane like, coming off the cell, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Did what did then they Owens got mean? out of the way of Shane uh crashing? Like literally, dude, the fact I, I don't doubt that he was thrown off this cage, but the fact that you and I don't even have a memory of it <laughs> tells you like how out of sight, out of mind it was. Um, anyway. Like that was where uh-huh. the Foley Undertaker match took place in right. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Ciampa and Bronson Reed. Champa walks out and gets jumped by Reed and then he's selling and selling before he hits an air raid crash and then Reed with a Liger bomb and Champa gets thrown off the apron and he goes like face first into these steps. Uh, Chompa avoids a power bomb on the desk, hits Widow's bell and then a knee strike. They're trading strikes and then... Um, Reed won't go down and Ciampa goes for the crucifix bomb, but upon impact, like loses control of Reed. And this is a really ugly cover as he tried to just get on top of him, uh, in four and a half minutes. Uh, and Ciampa beats Bronson Reed, who they just continue to beat like a drum after he was really he's certainly someone that they are still focusing on, but seems to be less and less a priority.
0: Braun Strowman, extreme rules from. 2018
1: I oh mean. a classic um,
0: extreme <laughs> rules event sorry folks yeah. i I'm, I'm sure he did i'm sure that happened um yeah i mean you know the thing is you you can't have everybody be raised up at the same time and i at the very least was happy to see them like i hope this is the end of champa and reed um it's in just this in this constant sort of like mid-card mix, you know, where nobody really advances. Because of Champa's promo last week, teasing the DIY reunion and, and just sort of like a renewed, like, I don't know, motivation. I hope this means it's just like he's done with this and he's going to move on and he's actually going to be involved in an actual storyline that's interesting. No more teases, though, tonight of like any Gargano or like DIY, but maybe hopefully this paves the way for it. Jackie interviews Becky
1: Lynch, who's been backed into a corner against Trish and Zoe Stark. She doesn't want the easy way. And she's brought a whole lot of chaos here to Memphis. Uh, it was the first of two times. They show, they showed Tiffany Stratton in the crowd and plugged the four way number one contenders match for Tuesday and said that she was scouting for future opponents because she's above everyone in NXT. Rhea Ripley and Dominic came out and accused Raquel of faking her injury. And she's an idiot. If she thinks she can win my title and said she might be big and strong but she's not rhea ripley and the whole crowd cheered so raquel's definitely working for try to get this audience behind her so raquel she she has two modes she either comes out and is all smiles or she comes out furious looking and this was the latter and she comes in fall away slam to raquel she turns to see dominic who's begging off and that allows ripley to come from behind headbutt and goes for the riptide but it's blocked and she hip tosses rhea and clotheslines her out of the ring so at least Raquel got one up on her going into this match. And this is the first kind of title defense for Rhea that she could go out and have a real match with somebody that's not just kind of just running through somebody. Well,
0: the Zelina match was like pretty, you know, like was it? Give and take. Okay. Yeah, it was a lot more than I think we were expecting. And I think like given that particular circumstance, like it, it to me is probably like her most memorable title defense so far. Um, I think the di-
1: struggle is that you've got this really strong champion and it's trying to bring these challengers up to a certain believability and I'm not saying mm-hmm. Raquel is is at that level but um we'll see like she is you know presented as closer to an equal of Rhea but I'm curious to see the kind of match they they have together you know they had they've had good chemistry in the past.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. So um, I like that they established that Raquel has the power to get out of the riptide and that, you know, Rhea doing it to her will be a challenge. So I look forward to seeing what they'll do with that story. Zoe and Trish, they called Becky an idiot. And
1: Trish said, I hope you leave some of her for me on Saturday. And Zoe said, don't you worry, I'm going to leave plenty for you on Saturday. Like, so does that mean you're not going to do too much damage to her? Like, what does that mean? I'm going to leave plenty for for Saturday
0: well meaning um you're not gonna beat
1: her too badly yeah yeah like a couple punches here and there um, (laughs) i'm gonna be plenty for you they aired a terry funk video and then michael cole mentioned his legendary feud with jerry lawler and their empty arena match next week on the show gunther and chad gable and drew and riddle against the vikings in a tornado tag match and the final match of the evening, the Falls Count Anywhere match with Becky Lynch and Zoe Stark. They showed Tiffany Stratton. Trish is in the corner. And this was like watching Evil and Dick Togo for 16 minutes as um, it was just Zoe Stark and Trish Stratus um, double teaming Becky throughout most of this match. So Trish is getting involved. Uh, we, If you were worried about the lack of kendo sticks on SmackDown, they reminded you of their favorite weapon as they started with them here and then trish is trying to help she is pulling these chairs out from underneath the ring and goes to throw them into the ring and she takes one of these chairs and just throws it and it drills drills zoe right in the face and zoe just reacts like so calm cool and collected of like i get it i get it these things happen and so by the end of it it did turn around where you had uh stark then accidentally knocked trish off the table but i watched this spot and listen if this was at all planned they played it off so well because this looked like this was a total improvisation by both of them and they both reacted like perfectly as they should have here
0: totally yeah um yeah it's one of those things in professional wrestling where like it looks so good you don't know if it was a mistake or if it was intentional but either way like you know, we should applaud them for, I guess how well they did. It
1: felt completely improvised, but then the last spot of the whole match was the other way around. And Zoe accidentally, or did it
0: feel improvised because it was executed so well. Uh, The ending. No, I'm saying that the actual chair throw, you know, um, Look I, I mean, so, I, I watched so it, realistic. and I thought
1: both just like played off of it because, do when you watch Trish take the rest of the chairs, she was so
0: goddamn careful putting those next chairs into the ring. Of so. course, you wouldn't be. It's part, but in in character, if you accidentally throw a chair at your friend, you're going to be very careful with the rest. All I'm so. saying is, it could have been intentional throughout, um, and maybe it just looked great. Well, it looked like. Zoe
1: like took this like right in the forehead, um, and they continue on. Becky fights off Trish, and the disarmor is countered. She blocks the z three sixty and then there's a manhandle slam, but Trish is in to break up the cover, so Becky chases Trish and pounds her with this kendo stick all the way to the back, so we think Trish is gone, but she would come back later. They fight through the the crowd after the break. there's a brutal Beck exploder to Zoe into the barricade, and Becky brings out the table, and the place goes nuts and zoe says they don't deserve the table and becky is placed into the ring with this chair on top of her and zoe hits this cool springboard corkscrew on top of becky i will say for a woman whose knee was destroyed zoe stark has no reservations like she just goes full out in 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 these matches
0: and the the landing did not look great on becky's knee unfortunately i mean no no she took it right on her knees with the chair so yeah. They fight onto the
1: desk, and the manhandle slam is stopped when Trish returns, yanking Becky's leg. So Becky sends Trish over the desk, and we get a manhandle slam on the timekeeper's area that is teased when Trish stops, stops Becky again, and Trish proceeds to hit a bulldog off the timekeeper's area in, onto a table that is placed in the crowd, and then drags Zoe on top to count. And they fight onto the equipment, it's two on one, and Zoe accidentally knocks Trish off, and Trish plunges through a table, and there's a manhandle slammed by Becky off the equipment and through the debris, and Becky gets the win in 16 minutes and 17 seconds, and the final scene was Becky holding her armband for Bray and just breaks down in tears as the show concluded.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, um, I mean, almost unexpected emotional end coming off of this particular match, you know, like all of a sudden in this moment, it felt like. The show was over and that this was, like, somebody paying tribute to her friend and all these emotions swelling up on Becky's face. Um, Yeah, very emotional. The match itself, I thought, turned out really well. You know, they had some great teasings of the table spot throughout. Great use, I thought, of Trish to prevent them. Like, the whole – I get what you mean when you, you know, talk about the whole house of torture thing. In a, in a feud like this, I I think it's totally within – my expectations
1: Listen, there was also a purpose to this like this Mm -hmm. is your tv build up to a steel cage match and this emphasized like the cage means something for saturday where it's not going to be two on one like in a in a different lifetime that's what a cage was designed to be was okay now you you don't have any way out so i Mm -hmm. i think it actually worked to build the cage match and i guess your question mark is like, with this, this Zoe Stark, more so the, the ending spot with, with Trish, if they try to get something out before Trish ends this run of uh, putting over Zoe Stark on the way out or something like that.
0: That would be a logical next program coming out of this, you know? Um, I thought they did a good job of... Because
1: that came whether... out of nowhere tonight. Like, there's been zero tension between the two, and then this was the big spot at the end of the the match where she
0: well, the keys would have been the table. chair th- tossed into Zoe's face, so whether That's or not it? that was intentional, I thought, like, by the end of this match, they did a good job of setting up whatever breakup of these two that you're going to get in the future a a finish that I think wonderfully paid off both, you know, the, the tension between Zoe and Trish as well as giving you two table spots. So I thought it was better than the funk tribute match as, as a hardcore match. And uh, it was a strong close to the show. Yeah.
1: All right. That was a, that was raw. I I can't say I'm, I'm stoked about this pay-per-view. This feels like a much lesser WWE event on, on Saturday night. I've enjoyed the Nakamura buildup. I think that's been the strongest thing on the show. Um, And and, and I'm sure it's going to be a pretty good show just based on the lineup, but where this compares in terms of they've had a pretty good streak of not just delivering on pay-per-views, but the builds have been pretty strong throughout, throughout the year. And I, I can't say I feel that for, for payback. This feels like a step down from the standard they've had this year
0: want to quickly go through the card right now and the matches that we have sure we I have, have them here we have six
1: matches announced so Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura i see a high probability of extending this to uh the october pay-per-view uh and you come back with with this match again
0: yeah um, the only the, my only hesitation would be if they have something else already planned for october um yeah. but, but this uh, pro- probably has been a bit more successful than they they we got so ambitious. Down. With this and of course match we have rundown. uh Becky Lynch.
1: All right. We will uh we will continue to go. We are uh you go ahead, for Joe. the update. We we are we are solving this problem, everybody. Don't don't worry. We have uh we we have a plan here for uh a lot of these elements are overwhelming uh, the system. But yes, we have uh Trish Gratis and Becky Lynch in the Steel Cage match. Um for this one, I mean it really does feel like the end of this program. I don't think you have any more left to do and to me this would be the Becky win and the only question for me is if this is kind of the wrap-up for Trish or do you try and get something else out of it involving Zoe Stark um, but this does feel like th- this this program has more than run its course and it's time to get Becky off into something more uh, of significance but you probably don't want a fast tracker to Rhea Ripley either so she does kind of feel in that holding pattern but this this cannot be the holding uh, subject any longer.
0: Agreed and I think um the participants in the match would probably agree at this point as well. You know, this was supposed to have ended at SummerSlam and um you know, it's they've they've done their best to extend it. Um Lemons Lemonade of course. Um but we'll we'll look to see uh, if they can stick the landing with this cage match.
1: Rhea Ripley and Raquel Rodriguez. I I think this could be um a, a very good match that they should have the time to have um i think everyone assumes Rhea retains the title here but i think this is more about raquel just having a really competitive match and hopefully coming out of this stronger and kind of a defined
0: role in the women's division Hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah i agree i i mean this is also one that i could see them extending just because i feel like they've been building raquel up for so long and to just have um a real win just like that i feel almost might be shortchanging it a little because what do you do well i think we've all been waiting for a raquel heel turn eventually at some point right maybe this will be the thing you know does uh
1: is Liv morgan still out yeah like, she's Liz got the shoulder injury so she's gonna be out for some time
0: okay so she won't play a role in this
1: Rey mysterio and austin theory for the united states championship i mean it's a ray match um like maybe you have some lwo connection here but this is a it's a match
0: well we're all waiting for the santos ray turn right so um this could lead to that i'm i'm maybe more of the opinion that ray keeps the title and then somehow um santos you know wins it off of him eventually in the future so probably go with ray for this would it be
1: two inside if they ended up booking um rhea ripley and raquel rodriguez go on first and then Ray and Austin Theory are set to go on second. So we go backstage and Dominic finishes the match and goes in. And then Ray comes up and says, do you have something to say to me?
0: <laughs> um, so who eats the Nandos at the end? That's all I want to know. Um, to be determined. Okay. That's mm-hmm. for the winner.
1: LA Knight and The Miz, uh, LA Knight needs to just run through him in, in this match. Yeah, yeah. He has to go over
0: in this match. The, the value of this program was like the promos, and I think they've all been very entertaining the, between the two. But as far as the match goes, it should be a very dominant win for LA.
1: And Owens and Zane, their first premium live event since May, defending the tag titles against Damian Priest and Finn Balor uh, in a Steel City street fight. Um, th- this should be a hell of a match. It's just, it, it's one that, like, we have seen the permutations of these uh judgment day and owens and zane so many different times Mm. um i still i would not be taking the belts off of owens and zane i think that the judgment day story exists better without them uh and owens and zane it's it's been more so a struggle of finding a compelling program for them with worthy challengers and that's been the
0: struggle post mania you don't think they would do can these two get along with Balor and priest Um, the money in the bank in between them
1: uh, they definitely could um But that feels to me as though it's um, I don't know, maybe 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 they win the tag titles
0: and then they hug at the end and then Mm -hmm. they have a tag title run together before they have a match down the road it's all possible i mean i i think judgment day are very hot right now and you know with the continued teases of tension between Balor and priest having them in a tech title situation yeah would be pretty cliche for a wwe thing but i could also see them using that to tell a lot more story um owens and zane as the tag team champions honestly like what else do they have to achieve at this point who else do they actually have to face um the vikings built- <laughs> yeah sure great um they'll never be on a pay-per-view again okay if if that's your your options um in the meantime they're building up mick riddle as a as an actual tag team you know sorry sorry Tom. we're not we're not calling them that um <laughs> uh, but you know the, and you would think that they would be set up for a, a heel tag team perhaps like a Balor and priest to face so i could see i could see a title change here
1: all right that's payback we will be live as soon as the show concludes on saturday and uh and then Sunday we we got all out and we can't preview that show yet, but maybe we will no. on Wednesday.
0: <laughs> preview. Uh, well, we have
1: uh, the whole card Wednesday night when we talk the whole card.
0: Not the whole card. I think they'll be saving all
1: something. the key matches. I should say.
0: Okay. So yeah, like principally, um, collision talent. You know, will we collision exclu- Will collision exclusive talent be announced to to have matches? Yeah, I wouldn't leave anything dangling
1: for for Saturday of significance. Yeah. Someone was joking if if they will install a. Interim real world championship, <laughs> the unreal real
0: world champion, the unreal championship,
1: <laughs> <laughs> unreal awesome. would probably be the
0: uh, the description most have given for a lot of this. um, um Yeah, we got a super chat here to go to if you don't mind, on. John uh, Richard Jr. sends five dollars. He says, "Do you want to ask Finn Balor if zoe Stark needs to join the Judgment Day to replace Rhea Ripley?" I'm um, so Richard. This was an interview conducted back in Summerslam weekend, but if John ever gets the chance to um. Talk to Finn Balor again. Maybe he'll keep this in mind.
1: Yeah, maybe I'll keep this in mind. We'll, in we'll
0: fact, um, people on YouTube can actually go to youtube.com slash post wrestling
1: There you so. go. Uh, YouTube.com slash post wrestling. If you turn on your notifications, you would have known that the Finn Balor interview has been up. So you can uh, check out that and uh, and you can see what I look like if you're just listening to this on podcast. Uh, Muggin chimes in. I'm glad the main event played it straight despite the constant run-in by Trish I kept an eye on Tiffany Stratton. It was very fun. Payback, better not get cute. And Stiney Becky, yet again. I only would love to see that so that Trish and Becky, the longest feud of the year, pays off at Fastlane. Like, that would be the most appropriately what? named pay-per-view <laughs> for that that particular feud to end.
0: Oh, goodness. Um <laughs>
1: Mugging goes on. I love that judgment. Day opened the show instead of closing it. It was getting repetitive and it was a strong go home show to pay back. I also want to give Seth and Becky a nod for their tributes to Bray. Seth saying yaoi wowie during his promo was very nice. Yep. There were a, a number of tributes uh, throughout wrestling all weekend long. There were 10 bell salutes uh, on all Japan. Noah's show impacted one before emergence on, on Sunday. I mean the whole industry uh, remembering uh, those that have passed away over the last week. So it's going to wrap things up for us. So coming up in the next few days, uh, remember uh, up next will be live Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern with John Ceno and B Detroit, who are manning the ship while and Davey are still on their UK tour. And then we will have a edition of Pollock and Thurston coming out on Wednesday. And then Wednesday evening, it's rewind to dynamite with myself and way 10 Eastern immediately after dynamite night one from Chicago. Now arena call now CM Punk question Maybe. mark <laughs> yeah. yeah all right well on that note we are going to close things out if you are listening to this on the podcast you will get the Finn Balor interview into your ears in a matter of seconds and if not well it's the video uh this way i believe if this is exactly where I assume it is. Uh, On that note, uh, Waze Connection is bidding us farewell. We will chat with you on Wednesday. John Pollack here for Post Wrestling, joined by Finn Balor of The Judgment Day. And The Judgment Day has become such a a pivotal group on on Raw in the WWE. I want to go back, though, to the formation of of Judgment Day. And when it's pitched to you, what your ideas were,
2: uh, or at least your reaction when this this group was pitched to you? Um, I've always been very reluctant to approach any factions. Uh, Haven't had success in Japan with factions and for fear of uh, comparison uh, to that. Uh, and kind of not living up to you know what my expectations of a faction would be Uh, when Judgment Day was originally pitched it was pitched in a very different way than it is right now and uh, it actually involved Edge Uh, it wasn't until the day of that uh, the kind of uh, Judgment Day that you see now was kind of put into I guess its infancy uh, which was removing Edge and having myself Damien and Rhea and uh, I almost got more excited because myself and Damien were chatting. Myself and Damien have been friends for a long time since NXT. We've kind of built a a mutual respect in in the ring, which then carried over to outside of the ring. And um, I felt like any success that the Judgment Day would have had, had Edge been in the group, everyone would have attributed that success to Edge, right? Uh, But removing Edge from the group... Now you have to attribute the success to the group itself, right? <laughs> uh, and that's kind of the, the discussion myself and Damien had the night we removed Edge. And, uh, you know, it was on us to make it work. Uh, and it was what... We weren't leaning on, you know, a Hall of Fame, We weren't leaning on a legend. We weren't leaning on whatever 14-time world champion. Uh, we were leaning on each other. And, um, and I feel like that's where we grew the most uh, as individuals and as a group and you know we had to grow together and then we added Dom and you know the rest is history you know so. uh, Was that a turning point
1: like at what point are is it clicking in your mind that okay now we might have had growing pains at the beginning but now man we're firing on all cylinders everyone's invested in the four as opposed to one and having you know background figures that's not the case with this group.
2: I I feel like um, we were we were starting to get momentum right before we added Dom and I feel like that's when uh that's when things started getting interesting when we started like teasing like uh, Dom turning on his dad and uh you know getting to work with Ray Ray's you know incredible performer and uh, brings out the best in everyone he's in the ring with uh so I feel like he really brought out the best in me and Damien as well so um I feel like everything just started to fall into place but really once we added Dom you know things really kicked into gear and getting just to stand beside him in the ring while he's getting all this heat was just such a cool uh, moment the first couple of weeks he turned heel and uh, yeah it's been fun is it i'm sure it is but kind of validation that with all this work you've put into
1: it we're now seeing you know like your segments you guys you're moving numbers like you are you know a huge part uh, whether it is Dominic and Rhea going down to NXT and you see a spike whether it's you know your segments that this is a group that you're not just
2: part of the show like you guys are difference makers Uh, we don't look at ourselves like that we just go to work and have fun and I feel like uh, if you approach it like that uh, it will reflect in the work and the people will pick up on that feeling and uh, it will make for interesting or good TV for some people and uh, I've been enjoying it Damien has been enjoying it the group of you know we've been having fun so I feel like that kind of you know people pick up on that energy and uh, and it they relate to it so Last question: Are you still uh, keeping tabs on
1: some of your old stablemates in New Japan? Are you following the G One or anything like that, or is it kind of just it's WWE twenty four seven and hard oh, to ke- yeah. keep attention elsewhere?
2: Yeah, I've uh, I have a full time job here in WWE <laughs> and New Japan. As much as I love it, was you know nine years ago. Uh, I look back on that part of my career very fondly. Uh, I'm still very good friends with a lot of those guys, but. Uh, my mind is, is on what's happening in WWE and Raw and SmackDown and not anywhere else right now. Well, we wish you all the best going into the show, and uh, congratulations on all
1: the success you're having. Thank you.